Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Kyle, and I don't really need clean water while camping in the middle of nowhere anyway. I'm Nick, and evidently, there's always a bigger fish. And I'm Brent, and I've suddenly become popular. And this is If I May, episode 15. Let's go. Some Zarubus news. Uh, first of all, I apologize. The uh, 3D printing video is not up yet this week. It'll be up either to the day you're hearing this podcast or potentially the day before. We'll see. I was in the middle of the woods camping all weekend with zero reception, zero running water, zero electricity. A lot of, lot, lot of not if much. I may, if I may, it, it, it sounds pretty intense. It was. Uh, it was just in one tent, freak. actually. There's just one tent, tent involved. Intent. What was your intent <laughs> to camping? Yes, I intended camping. But yeah, for the clean water. So our cramping trip was actually cut short. I, I can go into more detail in a little bit, but our camping ship was cut short a little bit because uh, Juliana decided to set our big five-gallon... So it wasn't a uh, jug. It was one of those collapsible containers. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Where you can fill it up and it'll collapse over time as you use it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we had one of those and she put it on top of this rock that was like slightly tilted towards a huge rolling hill that was approximately 75 feet, probably more than that, maybe 100 feet down at like, I don't know, at least a 45 degree angle, if not maybe a smidge more. And the whole container decided to kind of roll off the rock and tumble down. And when it hit the bottom, it burst open and all of our water was gone. So we had but this five gallon hit the floor. thing. Up. But the water yeah. hit the floor. It hit the, it hit the tree and then a rock and then another rock, and then the ground, and it exploded. So, that was great. But... Was that your only container? I mean, we had our our water bottles filled, but that was our main source of water that we brought with us. We did have a filter with us that we could have filtered new water, but then we'd have to haul the five-gallon jug to water, which there was none directly next to our campsite, fill, fill it up with the filter, and then bring it all the way back, and that just would have taken forever. So do go ahead. Do you own a a life straw? No, I actually, it's I forgot what it's called. It's it's like a squeeze pouch thing. Um, oh yeah, and I, I know there are a ton of different similar, water filters. Very similar but, to a life straw. Um, and I'm I'm not an outdoors person in a lot of ways. I'm a hunter, but certainly I don't go hiking uh, too often. And when I do, um, you know, I'm not the one to talk to as far as gear, but at least in concept, one of the things I really liked and I did buy just cause I'm a nerd and it was cheap, um, was a, a life straw, which, uh, is just a personal filter. And I've, I've worn that hiking a couple times with, with Megan just for giggles and tried it out just to try it out. But, uh, works really well. Um, again, not as efficient as, you know, fully filtering and doing everything yourself, but, um, cool concept. Wanted to plug it because I don't know if anyone else has. Yeah, those. so here I'll, I'll look it up on Amazon quick, which one I got. But it seems to work pretty well. Uh, the biggest complaint is that its its flow rate is a little low, but it's also supposed to be able to do like a hundred thousand gallons of water before you have to replace it. So that's that's a lot of water. I don't think I'd ever go through that on the thing. I did a, a Sawyer Mini is the one I got. So you like fill up this pouch with water, and then you actually squeeze or like roll and squeeze the pouch to force the water through the filter, but it, it, it seems to, I don't know, I filtered some sink water, if that counts for anything, and we brought it with us just in case, but we plan to just use the five-gallon thing of water. You filtered some sink water? Yeah, I wanted to test it out and make sure it worked and there wasn't any leaks or anything. That'd be terrible if you okay. filled up the bag, got to the campsite, reliant on it in an emergency, and all of a sudden it just breaks and it doesn't work at all. Yeah. It's, it's actually recommended to bring two thought. different kind of filtering water filtering options. So I don't know. I had that, yep. but so we ended up cutting our camping short a day. I got there like Friday. I took like a half. I took a half day. So I got there Friday at like two ish is when I got to the campsite. And this is just it's called dispersed camping. So there's actual campground up there. We we went to Rainbow Lakes Campground. It's up in the mountains by Netherland is the closest town city town and uh there there's a campground there that's like 15 bucks and 15 bucks a night otherwise uh but it was all full by the time i got there even so you just head down the trail back the other way and there's random spots 
along the road that you can stop and just camp in. It's kind of whatever you're feeling. And then we actually went on a hike in there as well. And we found that people were going down this like two and a half, three mile hike and just going in the middle of the woods and camping there. Like, damn, that's some dedication. We did not have the uh, gear to be able to do that. We just pulled the car up and unloaded the stuff from the back of the car. But yeah, it was a good time. So we had the Friday afternoon, Saturday, we woke up, did the giant hike, like three miles in, three miles out. Um, Got some cool pictures, put them on the gram. And then, uh, yeah, then we, we packed up and headed on out for the day. But Now, do you have an Instagram account or does Juliana? We both have an Instagram account. Juliana posts much more frequently than me. I don't really do too much social media at all. Like, I'm sure if I go on Facebook right now, I'll have 80-some notifications just sitting there for me. But, uh, yeah, Juliana rocks the uh, Instagram all the time. I suppose she's a teacher and probably likes a number of those little projects that she can have her students do for whatever reason. It seems like a teacher thing be, to do. Isn't it Pinterest? I think you're thinking Pinterest. Has well, Instagram project. has it too. Pinterest really? is probably a, a better source for the projects, but Instagram will have them too as far as I know. Well, on Instagram, you can follow like the hashtags now, where if you're interested in a certain yeah. thing, you can follow that hashtag. That's what I... That's one of my favorite jokes. The... Uh, you know, when I call my grandma, I call it Instagram. Got her on speed <laughs> dial. That's my version of Instagram. <laughs> Got grandma as number one on speed dial. Yep. Instagram. Do you have Instagram on your phone? Mine's dialed to number one. Exactly. So uh, I, I've been thinking about doing some of that more hardcore hiking where you just go out and find a spot in the woods. Like you're talking about, Kyle. And Amazon, I actually got a mosquito netting for a hammock. And I think that's the way to go. Find a couple of trees, hang up your hammock, put some bug netting over it, and away you go. No if, tent, no heavy carrying. I yeah, like the place the that we found to camp was would have been prime for that. And I guess if, if Nick, you and Megan, or Brent, you and Heather want to come on out here anytime, we definitely go back to that area and grab a campsite and go camping together. The, the place I found definitely fit two cars comfortably and you could probably squeeze in a third vehicle if need be, but there's two very good spots for tents and there's just trees everywhere that you could set up hammocks on. I heard with hammocks, the biggest thing with hammock tenting is to make sure you have a good ground pad under, under you still. Otherwise your back's basically exposed to the air and you get really cold because even with your sleeping bag, you're like compressing all the insulation in your sleeping bag. So it doesn't really do anything. Right. So you need an actual like pad underneath you when you're in a hammock to make sure you're nice and warm. That makes sense. Yeah, it's it's sort of like making a big cocoon. Um, I've not used nice. it, but I but I do have a hammock. I, I've wanted to try it out and just haven't found an excuse. And I, I swear I've brought it with me on like three or four vacations and just never never thought to to use it. And the few times I've looked at it, I'm like, ah, but something else is going on and. I never bother to set the thing up, but it's like a, a two person hammock and it's kinda kinda nice. I like I'm kinda the same thing about I, I literally have in. I literally have two hammocks in the back of my car that I hardly ever <clears throat> use. I have them with me because it's like one of them's actually from Mexico when uh my wife and I went there before we got married. It's where I actually where I po- proposed to her. But uh yeah, I got Aww. one from Mexico. I don't know. One from Mexico and then one's more of like a camping like one of the ones that goes into its own bag. It's all like nylon or whatever. It's, you know, a sheet of fabric rather than like the traditional string yeah. hammock. But yeah, I have those both in my back of my car. I haven't even used the uh, Mexican one yet. I, I literally got it because I'm like, I want a Mexican hammock. <laughs> Mexican one. Yeah. Uh, it's just okay. multicolored. It's, I'm sure, child laborers made it somewhere. But uh, <laughs> well, that's that's encouraging. It probably is, to be honest. Well, I feel but so good about it, man. Probably, probably cool. Oh, we have one up, up in our, our porch, and I love it. If you have any little spot outside, getting a hammock stand is the way to go. Long day at work, go out on the porch, lay in the hammock, you're instantly <laughs> transported to a better place. It's great. <laughs> that would be nice to well, have one permanently set up. I don't think our porch is big enough. I know Juliana, actually, for our wedding gift, she got me a freestanding hammock, I'm sure similar to what you have, and... It would be awesome to have it permanently set up somewhere. We just don't, I don't think we have enough room to keep it set up. I also have friends that have put it in their living room 
and just had a hammock in their living room. Just replacement eating couch. Or Not like you could couch it, but they just they put it behind their couch and works. Yeah, I don't know. It's feasible. I laid in it. It was fun. I can see that. You, you put a hammock behind the couch, just scoot the couch forward. You're closer to the TV on the couch. And then if you need a little bit of alone time or you just want some hammock time, you can jump in <laughs> behind the couch. I've got yeah, I've got sure. two giant trees in my backyard, but they're too I mean they're they're huge, but um they're too they're too far apart to ultimately allow me to set up a hammock. I mean I I could get creative get and really probably make rope. it happen. Right. I'd have to like buy some chains or buy, you know, something crazy to make it happen. And I mean, it's it's doable, but um yeah, in the future it'd be really cool to make like a tree house out of one of them. Um I mean, because they are they are very large trees. Um, and would be you know perfect for something like that. But you could totally like dig a hole next to one and put in like a, a four by four post or something up, and then use that as the other end of your hammock. Oh yeah, yeah, that is that is another option. It's a good point. That'd Just be kinda, that'd be kind of you, cool. you could you could analyze it, map out the shadow path, and then put your post at the right angle. That way, right when you get home, like that's the perfect like in the shade or you know for your <laughs> hammock. Well, I'm gonna work from home, hopefully. Uh, with the new job eventually after my training's all done. Oh, that's um, kind of nice. I'll be, able to, I'll be able to go at all hours, but I like the train of thought there. Did you have any else? Anything else on camping, or can I kind of run into my my um, subject matter? Let me think. Uh, yeah. So the the other thing is, so as we were hiking back to the area, there was a couple of lakes you could like stop in on the way. And as we were hiking back, we stopped at a couple of the lakes, just kind of check them out. Really, only the very far one in the in the very back where the trail theoretically dead ended was the coolest one to look at. Uh, like you could actually, uh, we just kept going actually. There was like the road less traveled. It got more to like deer trail-ish kind of thing. And then my wife and I are like, eh, we're kind of out of trails and we don't want to really get lost in the woods. So uh, we decided to turn around, but there's people backpacking way back there. And Juliana was saying like, oh, that'd be so much fun. I'm like, yeah, but we don't really have this. Like we don't have the supplies to be able to do that. Like you need a mini stove. Yeah. We have a nice like camping stove, but there's no way you're hauling that back there. So you need one of the micro stoves, you need like the micro sleeping bags. We have small ones, but they're only rated to like 35 or so. You need like zero degree compressed bags. I'm like, if we really wanted to go camping back here, it's like a thousand bucks a pop for each of us in order to get geared up enough to be able to do that. Like we don't even yeah. have backpacks, but Megan's, someday, someday in the future. We would actually be able to probably swing that for, because that's, that's what she and I did when we went backpacking. Uh, along superior yeah she has a like the micro stove and we packed everything and had all of our gear and it was cold enough where we yeah we needed to have some warmer stuff so uh, i i used one of her friends uh full hiking backpacks and she has all she has all that gear you're talking about actually so it's i've done something like that it's pretty cool like yeah I, like the nice thing is my parents have all that gear and we used it for boundary waters when we were in scouts boundary waters is like a chain of lakes up in northern uh, minnesota soup that was oh my god that's like the best place ever but uh i forgot they have everything yeah my parents literally have everything for camping they have an entire basement room filled of camping stuff rooms uh unless you just want to count it all as one yeah it's yeah it's it's basically two and a half it's basically two rooms it's like one full-size dedicated room and then sporadically throughout the rest of the house there's a couple things here and there but i think my parents have no joke at least 10 tents yeah, so during the zombie apocalypse, uh, if you manage to find Kyle's parents' house, you will survive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. My dad definitely has like, he, he's, I wouldn't call my dad a prepper, but he definitely has a bin or two of just canned foods just in case in the basement. He's a prepper then. I think that's He's like a that, mild that, prepper. He's not one of the hardcore preppers that like makes their own RV out of stuff, you know, or makes a shelter underground. But he, he's got a couple things just in case can't hurt i had unlimited money and time just for giggles i'd build some sort of crazy bomb shelter or bunker for the hell of it just the the, the idea of buildings that would be kind of cool see my dad's the kind of guy that once he has an idea he's, he he will just do it so and it doesn't matter like because for example the uh sailboat i i i kind of sort of own a, a small sailboat it's like a 15 footer and so my dad's just decided we're gonna we're gonna fix it up so he started like going and making his own um, stuff for it. I'm like, dad, let, let's do it right. Like, because my dad will have the tendency of kind of making it work. 
and he'll just grab whatever in a shop. Like he has jars of random screws just in case he might need them. So anyhow. All right, Nick, into into your Just chimney together. No, Kyle, if you need camping supplies, the key is you have to have a wedding and put it on the registry. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the key. That worked for us. We got all of our backpacking camping needs. All yeah, nice new water and nice. Filter. It's great. We did get a nice water filter. It's great. That's <laughs> that's the key. So just get married again and you'll be fine. There we go. <laughs> Tell her it was because she dropped the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my she didn't gosh. do it intentionally. That's it just funny. rolled off a non-flat rock. Oh my gosh. That was pretty good. I, yeah, I did learn right, that, Juliana, when, when there's like a situation that's like, I get not bad, but like... Uh, a weird situation. She just like freezes. She was like, cause like I turned around and the water's going down the hill. She's like, Oh no. She's like standing there. I was like, didn't even try to grab it. I forgot what was happening. There's something else that happened the other day where she's like, Oh no. I'm like, help me. (laughs) Yeah. It is interesting to see what people do in those, those clutch or pressure situations. And it's, it's, it's less common than you'd think to have someone actually react in real time. Um, it's, it's fairly impressive when people do, because yeah, a lot of people, if something you know bad happens and their first response is just to watch, or I'd say more so nowadays, uh, the first response is take out your cell phone and try and get oh. it on video. <laughs> right. but, um, whereas yeah, a, a, a good human being in my mind, uh, the first thing you would do is, okay, if it's starting to go down the hill, run after it. Like, don't hurt yourself. I mean, like, don't dive. Don't dive yeah, in the I, I think in this particular situation, no. it probably wouldn't be a good idea to run after that. You would definitely fall down that hill if you're not going carefully yeah, and calculated. Go for the ACL well, tear. Go ahead, sorry. Go for the ACL, ACL tear. Just do she it. already got three of those. Yeah, let's, let's not out. do that. Lay down the line. But it's it's interesting to watch reactions because – I mean, there's the person who will just analyze the situation and, you know, watch it. There's people who will try and go catch it. There's people who will, um, you know, look at you, Kyle, and, and as the other person who's not responsible and like wait for your reaction, which maybe she did, maybe she didn't. I don't know. But it's it's just interesting in those situations how people react, you know, complete shock off guard. You know, do they do they look to you for guidance? Do they look at the situation themselves or, or what what how do they react? So. Very I think cool. that's kind of a, a fun point, I guess I'll touch on real quick, is a lot of things in life really only take a couple seconds of courage in order to do. I know, so I actually, I guess I'm kind of stealing this thought from a, a YouTuber I used to watch all the time, Woody's Gamertag. Is that from How I Met Your Mother as well? I don't think, I, I, it, I felt like where I, I heard it from was definitely Woody's Gamertag before How I Met Your Mother was even on the air. But like asking a girl out, for example, if you need to ask a girl out, oh, yeah. It really only takes you a couple seconds of courage to start. And then once you've started, you're committed and then it's on her. And, you know, it only takes you that couple seconds of courage to do something. Same thing. If like if you see somebody at school getting bullied or anything like that, it only takes you a couple seconds of courage to be like, hey, knock it off. Like, how long does that take to say? Maybe three seconds. And then the rest of it's on the bully and, you know, the situation. But at least you stepped up and tried something. So whenever you're in that kind of situation where you know you should do something or you, or something needs to get done or you want to accomplish something and you're like afraid, just remember it really only takes those couple seconds of courage to get started on whatever that task is. And then, you know, just having that in your head saying, okay, this is three seconds of courage. I got this. And going into it gets you through a lot of things. Yeah, I'd agree with that because Beautiful. a lot of people get caught up on the the details after the fact. Yeah, the the anxiety around asking a girl out, the anxiety around you know stepping up when when someone needs help in, a, in like a bullying situation. I thought that was another good example. Um, yeah, the whole the whole thing gets caught in people's mind, and they're trying to digest. Well, if he then does this, or if she does that, then this, then that, and oh, what if this happens, and all the repercussions. You're you're three years down the road, embarrassed, alone in front of your family at Christmas, instead of just being like. Oh, hey, Bethany, how are you? Like, <laughs> no big deal. But uh, it, 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 I understand it's, it's so much pressure. But if if you take those few seconds and just kind of get it over with and, um, you know, if you're stuck, uh, I'd say other fears to to overcome. And I think 
this group, everyone's kind of pro skydiving approach based on what I know. Um, but I, I kind of take that same approach. If you're scared of something, uh, just just go do it. I mean, you have to kind of accept, okay, don't back out, take the jump, do what it is, ask the girl out, say hi, uh, you know, jump off the cliff, whatever it may be, get it over with. That's going to take two, three seconds. And all the pain and all the anxiety that's going through your head is focused on what happens after. And you have no idea. Now, at roller coasters is another good example. However, uh, if your stomach is bad, you know, don't. <laughs> don't go on a roller coaster you'll puke you don't whatever, have to think through i mean you can go on a roller coaster and, the, and they, they build them on purpose the way they do with respect to there's the long slow climb up to the top that part for people who are scared of roller coasters is is more anxiety ridden than anything else if you just like close your eyes and you know imagine your happy place until you're at the very top um, there's probably two, three seconds of right before you go over that are going to be the real big thing. And then there's the drop and the drop is going to be done so quickly. Y- you don't even need to worry about it. Like it, what's, what's the big deal. And as, as long as it's like a, a major, you know, not just some random carnival setup, you know, it's a roller coaster that's, you know, been run a lot and has been tested a lot. Your six flags, your, um, <laughs> your, your major roller coasters, it's not going to break down. There's not going to be an issue. I mean, you're perfectly safe now. Brace yourself because it's it's going to impact you. But um, yeah, I I completely agree. It's it's a few seconds that that make the decision. Do you get on the roller coaster? Or do you not get on the roller coaster? Do you say hello to the girl? Do you do you step in front and you know kind of back up whoever's being bullied? Whatever the situation may be. Um, and, and I mean, you can approach you can approach work and business and, and a lot of the same sort of stuff. I won't go off on a huge tangent like that. But asking for a promotion. Oh, what's it going to be? I don't deserve more money. Or you have just this. Or I need a raise. Or oh, I can't do it. I wouldn't do that. You know, if I need money, everyone else needs money. All those situations. I think I read an article that basically said uh, a woman who is now a CEO of her own organization uh, puked after asking for a raise because she was so ang- you know anxious about the whole thing, and she had gone in early in her career to a, a manager and asked for a raise, which took a lot of courage, took a huge you know amount of courage to, to set up that meeting, to have that discussion. But yeah, afterward, I guess she ended up puking and she couldn't do it anymore. She just said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my own thing. And she's actually been a pretty successful CEO is, is the story, uh, entrepreneur. Which but, you want to call but again, it, so. with that, with that example there, if I may, it's, uh, you know, only takes you a couple seconds of courage to decide I'm going to go into that office and just start talking. Cause the moment you start, mm-hmm. you step into the office and start talking, the amount of the courage is gone. Like you're already committed. You're good to go. Like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I know one, I I apologize for kind of taking a lot of the airtime here, but uh, a personal story that happened to me is actually related to like the bystander effect. And for those that don't know, it's that when a situation's happening, you always assume, Oh, somebody else will take care of that. Like that kind of thing. And it was actually when I was in high school, I got either junior or senior, I was walking down the hallway and there's this kid like laying on the ground kind of weird. And he had people near him kind of giggling. So me not really thinking, not caring, not paying attention. I just kind of assumed they were messing, you know, was him and his buddies were messing around. So I just kept on walking. And I, I did go in and like told one of the teachers, Hey, somebody's laying on the ground in the hallway. Like, I don't know what's going on there. When I came back, I found out that the teacher, like the kid had had a seizure and he was laying on the ground and, nobody was doing anything. So like ever since that moment for me personally, it's like, make sure I'm not part of that bystander effect where if I see something, I'm going to do something like same thing in general. Like when you're driving home, if I may though, yeah, go ahead. if I may though, um, in that case, I mean, when they do any first aid or medical class, they always say like, someone should always go get help. And the fact that you went out and got help, I think puts you past a little bit more than just being a bystander and being someone that was at least actively actively trying to help. And maybe looking back, it's not how you wanted to help um, or how you thought you could help. In that situation, going to a teacher is probably one of the best things you could have done. Honestly, true. And I guess, but like, I guess from from my internal standpoint, I was thinking of it as a joke, being like, "Hey, teacher, people are messing around out there." Instead of like just making sure that everybody was okay. And I guess. I don't know. To, from my standpoint, I, I still feel, I mean, obviously the, the guy's fine. Like he's good to go. Like nothing bad happened. Like he's fine. Like the person's totally okay. But just that, like, what if something more major was wrong? Like granted, it still kind of worked out, but just my mindset at the time was people are messing around. Like 
go stop that instead of, hey, somebody needs help. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I think mean, it's, it's tough. I think with the three, the it takes a few seconds or whatever. The big thing is you have to have confidence in yourself that no matter what the outcome is happening, that you're going to be able because, you know, you ask for a raise and they're like, no, sorry. And then all of a sudden you're ostracized from work. You lose your job or whatever. Like, <laughs> that's a real oh, fear. Okay. I mean, okay. that, if that stop. happens, though. Stop, stop, stop. That train of thought is the problem. If you, think you can, if you think you can get fired for asking for a raise, what? No, that doesn't happen. There's, I know. That's I know, not a fireable. That is not a fireable offense. That is the problem. Oh, no. Okay, I'll get off my pedestal. Not, well, not for that, that example, but in general, I, in general, I, or asking somebody out. I'll do asking some, you ask someone out, and the worst thing that happens is, is you know, you get rejected. But you have to be okay with either outcome. So of, no, you know, it's better there. to jump in, but you have to know that if it doesn't work out your way, that you're still gonna be fine. And if you have that knowledge that no matter what happens, if you put yourself out there, that you're gonna be fine regardless, then that's you know, that, I think that's a big part of this. Well, it just takes a little bit of a jump. You know, if I'm jumping from a, a jumping off of a plane to go skydiving, and I know that at the bottom, because it's going to catch me, I'm going to be fine, and then you're going to end, and it's going to be good. Earth, like Earth will catch you. Don't worry. <laughs> well, I, yeah, exactly. As long as you're okay you. with it, like you know, I jump out. Like it's going to be okay. That's that's a big thing, and I think the reason a lot of people get feared and paralyzed is because they don't that they, they, you know, they go through and they think through all the, the options and then they're not okay with it. And I think being okay with rejection and being okay with knowing that it might not work out every time. It's a, it's a huge life skill and something that enables that lifestyle of go out and take those risks because honestly it will work out. You make a risk. It's gonna, regardless if it goes well or not, as long as you're like doing you, like things are going to be working out. It's just you had to be comfortable with that thought. You know, yeah. you had to be comfortable. Say, if I may, kind of your, your okay. last little bit of point there was, I think, what I most agreed with in that spiel is that you have to know that it's a calculated risk and you know that whatever outcome does happen, you'll be okay with. With the uh, work situation, if you know you deserve a raise and you ask for a raise and they say no, then you know maybe this isn't the company I should be working for. You still get valuable information back. If you ask the girl out and you get rejected, then she isn't she wasn't into you. Like if that ruins a friendship, then that wasn't really a true friendship to begin with, in my mind. Um, I th- yep. it's one of those things where you know where you stand, so it, nothing bad happens from that. Obviously, there's still you want to do a calculated risk, especially if you're doing stuff like I don't know, rock climbing or the free solo climbing, where there are people that are climbing. Uh, wall faces without ropes like that's that's a little extreme but that's one of the things where like when they're that big of a professional it's a calculated risk they're they've mapped it out much multiple times with rope to know that they can do it before they go in and try it without a rope but you know it's it's a calculated risk and it only and takes that's not one of free climbing is not a three second you're not going to free climb a rock after three seconds of, I'm going to just do this. You, you hopefully would climb that. You're right. That's probably like a good 15, 20 seconds before you're over the point <laughs> of no return where you have to keep going. Because some of those cliffs, you can't just climb back down. Like you're committed to going up. Uh, you know, right down is up. I'm a, uh, I'm a huge believer in, in serendipity and uh, that, that whole concept around, around that word. Things just work out and and you can get into the technical aspects of of yes if she said no then it probably wasn't a good friendship or she's not worth your time or um you know any and all number of situations but all of all of those explanations all of all of that calculation into any any given risk um you know how it how it works out serendipity is, is one of my favorite concepts one of my favorite words and I mean, maybe that's just me or I feel like my life has worked out really, really well. And I've, I've taken a, a number of risks and I've, I've made some mistakes and a lot of things haven't gone my way. A lot of things have, but you know, you take enough risks eventually, <laughs> um, you know, I, I use the word risk, but you, you make aggressive decisions, however you want to call it. And you put yourself in a place to succeed enough times, you know, eventually something's going to go your way. Um, but 
the, the, the whole concept of serendipity, I really like, and I don't know if there's the same root or not. I, this goes back to my like of Latin and language. Uh, the, like the word serene, like, I don't know if that's part of serendipity serene. That seems about I, right. I would assume so. You, you can have. Right. I, I'm going to, I'm going to assume there's a connection without having done my research in the background of, of the root of the word. But um, yeah, I kind of get that serene feeling that, you know, regardless of things working out or not working out, it's, it's going to be okay. What, what's meant to be is, is meant to be. Now I'm, I'm not one of those people who believes, Oh, things happen to me. And I've just, you know, been in the situation. I'm a full believer and I am a product of, of the decisions I make. Now, certainly there are certain things that I can't control, but um, I kind of reached that, um, that, that spot between serendipity and, and being serene after the whole, whole thing this 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 little thing we call life let's get really deep um are, are we good Man, on this subject it. It, off the, <laughs> it takes three seconds to get into the deep end and here we are we're, we're going there uh is there anything else we wanted to touch on before we nope. we jump nope. subjects get, jump in nope. jump okay we're good to go oh brent you want All to finish free. up the zarbus news oh yeah uh <laughs> i can save that for my stuff let's let's jump let's jump okay we're, we're jumping on the subject of of mexican hammocks uh, I, I returned from Texas this last week. Wait, <laughs> and, what? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, Mexico's... I was a 360. No, no, it wasn't. Not at all. Mexican no, hammocks. Uh, and I'm right next to Mexico and Texas. Except I think Austin's like on the far side. Uh, I gotta get they do Tex-Mex out. down there. Is that a thing? Is it like Tex-Mex, the fusion of Texas food and Mexican food, like a real thing? Or is that just what yes. they call it is well it's probably what they call it um but i mean it's it's no different than um minnesota having cheese curds uh you can call them wisconsin cheese curds or you can just call them cheese curds we're right next door and people who live in these areas like cheese curds so um same sort of concept you got mexico right next to texas and texas has texan food and mexico has mexican food and yes eventually the the tastes and the combinations are are combined in a sense and it's a really catchy name so sure marketing department says tex-mex i say (laughs) tex-mex so uh at any rate yeah got back from texas all all travels were fine and dandy uh, no such issues um it, it was interesting getting back to more normal weather for you know what i'm used to normal for me um where in in texas i think the average temperature for the high was about 105 most of the week that i was there which may be a little bit high um for for the season i'm not entirely sure but um no, no one else seemed to be bothered by it you go from that and and come back to more normal 70s 80s very rarely a 90s and certainly minnesota has been over 100 degrees it's it's it happens it's pretty rare but it, it happens um but it, it was interesting to go from super hot where you get outside and right away it hits you to coming out here where it's almost you can almost feel the ch- feel fill you can almost feel the chill oh, in the air despite it being a you know 70 80 degree day you can you can feel the chill regardless which is a strange sensation. And I, I compare it to, um, you know, the, the, the polar opposite where you have Wisconsin weather in, in winter and you, you go outside and it literally can burn. I'll use the word your face. It, it, it provides a burning sensation. You breathe in through it's your so nose cold. and your, all your nostrils yes. just freeze. Yeah. All, all your exactly. nostrils so, hair is just stick in place. That's like legit Comparing the feeling where you walk outside and the weather hurts your face. Um, now, I'd say Wisconsin's a lot worse. Cold is a lot worse than hot. But it is it is comparable in a sense that as soon as you step out of an air-conditioned building and it's the middle of the day, that that feeling just starts to come over you. And it's same thing stepping outside when, when it's, you know, negative five degrees with a wind chill of another negative 15. Um, you step outside. And, okay, you acknowledge that it's cold, and the cold slowly starts to creep into you. It starts to creep through your body. You start to feel the chill. Uh, same sort of concept with the heat. Now, more pleasant because it's it's warm, but it's still it's uncomfortable. Humid. Yeah, lot, not uh, – well, yeah, let's not touch the humidity factor. Um, it wasn't humid, uh, fortunately, in Texas, but 
um, the same sort of feeling. You step outside and you feel the heat just kind of hit you. Now, uh, fortunately, I had saunaed uh, before I went to Texas, uh, like a night or two beforehand, and we, we were saunaing like a 200 degree sauna. Uh, we went way too hot, which was fun. But, um, you know, <laughs> comparing that, it made it, that it, made it more. What's that? Was that melt the bucket hat? 200. Um, I bet that'd be close. Yeah, let's let's not melt another bucket next time we sauna. That uh, we bought another one to replace it, but I felt really bad. Um, also, we didn't know what we were doing, so whatever. But also, I feel um, like I'm in a loop here. Please here. explain with melting buckets. So Brent and I were at uh, uh, his wife, my fiance's family cabin, and they had a sauna, and the sauna is wood a wood fire sauna wait on and if i may time out sauna. how are you saying sauna 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 uh, i'm not having this debate okay I, he's I, doing it the up way i guess <laughs> sauna. Sauna. technically I, I think that's the proper pronunciation uh, I, i'm not gonna stand on one side or the other because yeah there's simple sauna s-a-u-n-a but then there's how they pronounce it which is uh, proper i suppose who's um, they upers finnish people people who actually sauna um <laughs> but and i'm sure i'm slaughtering it too but regardless um we went and, and fired it up and we left they had a, a unique setup where they had a railing in front of the heater which was you know smart make sure no one tips into it but me being the brilliant i think it was me i don't think i can blame this on brent me being the individual that I am, so brilliant. I left my the plastic bucket that held all the water. Uh, oh, on that was top my of fault. That. Was it? Well, I I made it as hot as it was because I thought that it was a, a crappy sauna, and it was actually a good one. It was actually a really good one. Yeah. So we we were getting baked. We loaded it. I mean, we, we stoked that thing. It was a bonfire in there almost. But. Regardless of, of the heater, that hit your face. The, bucket, the, yeah. the bucket ended up melting as we left it on the rail. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a bit aggressive. Uh, I think I branded myself that night too, because they had, they had a window in the sauna, which was interesting. And it had like a metal little uh, handle to open and close the window, which, uh, okay, window in a sauna, weird. Okay, uh, metal in a sauna, horrible idea. And, and of course, I go to lean back on the wall next to the window and I put my shoulder on the metal piece and I had a triangle branded into my shoulder for the better part of six months. But um, it wasn't like that bad. I mean, it left a mark, but um, <laughs> just a second. Oh, well, he carries it to this day. Shit this happens. Day, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> at any rate, it, it was it was interesting to compare, you know, just mentally the, the extreme heat to the extreme cold and how it impacts you. Obviously, the cold is way, way worse as far as how it impacts you. But uh, the heat has a, a similar effect with respect to having the feeling of just being too hot slowly creep through you. Uh, it was it was kind of cool, kind of weird, you know, whatever you want to look at it. But um, yeah, I was in Texas and it was for my job. Uh, I will be going back uh, a number of times in the coming weeks. Actually, I'm probably going to spend four or five weeks in total in Texas uh, over the coming months. But it was it was an interesting experience with respect to that training. And my comments when we started the show, uh, evidently, there's always a bigger fish. That was always a, a fun line from uh, Star Wars one i guess you'd call it i don't know uh not a great movie in a, in a lot of people's opinions there's i don't always disagree a bigger fish. But, yeah um there's i think yeah it was uh Jar Jar a big goober yeah <laughs> so uh i had that moment uh, and um it was it was comparable to an article i read about basketball and i'll make that comparison there's uh, a speaker who's a, a high level individual in the company who came to the training class and is essentially talking to us about communication. And we do this podcast and I feel I'm a very confident public speaker. I don't have a lot of ums in my or you know, likes or uh, those other horrible speech patterns. And certainly I, I, I do, do have yeah. them. I'm sure if you were to go back to the that. recordings, you could find a great number of ums and be that guy who counts them. Please don't be that guy. But there's always one. So uh, maybe someone will. But uh, regardless, what's that? You just said ah in there. It was kind of funny. That's the worst yes. because when you're trying to think about it and then you say it, then your brain totally freaks out because you just said what you're trying to cons consciously think about not saying. Right, and I'm trying not to go full business mode on you guys because if I go full business mode, I will 
slow down my conversation. This is a conversation. This I is a will casual conversation. absolutely articulate to the best of my ability and consciously think through everything I'm going to say, which is not fun. I'd rather just bullshit and, you know, <laughs> run with it. But at yeah, any I'll rate, we had, we Let's had, this, I hope you don't talk that slow in, in like business meetings. People are going to sleep on you. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. They hang on his every word. They hang word. on his every word. They hang. You see, what they're uh, going to do is. Is. We're. Hang on his arm. Okay. Are you guys. <laughs> okay. I'm Thank done. you. I appreciate yeah. that. At any rate, I, I think I think quite highly of my, my skill set. And I think I've worked hard to, to become the best presenter I can be. And I realized very quickly when this individual came to our class and started speaking as did a number of the other um, participants in the class that uh, I may feel like I'm a big fish, but it's only because I'm in a small pond. And when you surround yourself with smart people, you feel a lot stupider. What? Is that what you're going for there? <laughs> that has nothing to do. No, no, no. Is really that what you're saying? Where it's like he 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 feels like a big fish, but then when he gets into a room of people that are all kind of experts at this and trying to get better, it, you're not as expert as you thought you were. Is that what you're going with that? Or is he more expert than he thought he I was? I don't like your analogy, but yes. Um, with <laughs> yes, essentially, uh, I, I am a a small mouth or large because it's communication. I'll say large mouth bass, and I just met a great white. Because this 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 gentleman came in and started teaching, and in the process of teaching, he was spotless as far as his communication. Number one, and number two, the way he tells a story, he can tell you a story, and you will not forget it. It is it is that memorable. What I'm was going one of the to remember. He told you? They're two. They're two. I would do it a complete. <laughs> to try and share it with you oh, sorry and I, I tried actually to tell uh megan and a, a couple of our friends i did tell them uh one of the stories and i did my best because i i knew it was going to come up short of of everything that he had done but i did my best to tell them that story and it went over fairly well but yeah the, the guy told probably four or five stories throughout the period of of training and i'm going to remember all of them and it it irritates me how good he was. It irritates me that I'm never going to be able to forget the perfect gentleman story, which I'll tell you guys off because it's, it's not maybe, my story. Maybe we can save it for the next tell- podcast. No, well, I'm not it's trying not to his take story. It. It's not my story. I, I'm not going to try I'll and make take your it. own story. It's incredibly oh. personal and it's incredibly, you know, detailed. And uh, honestly, me trying to tell it is a disservice to everything that he did in the process of, of communicating it. Um, maybe for giggles uh, another time, I'll, I'll tell you guys. And, and, and I, I don't mind telling it, but I, I, the issue I have is it's such a disservice. He he told it so well because it was him because he, he's told it a thousand times. I, I do realize that it's not like he just whipped this out out of nowhere. It's practiced. It's it's well done. Um, but it's it's him, and, and it's incredibly personal. And, and I won't be able to convey the same emotional message with the actual with the actual story, but it was really cool. It was, it was a great experience to learn from him, but it almost, you know, pissed me off because I'm, I'm sitting here like I have a lot of work to do. I, I, I need to get better. <laughs> like, God damn it. He's good. Like it, it irritates me how, how good he is, but it was, it's really cool to learn from him and, and, and get all of that information. So it was, it was an experience uh, that was very positive in, in a lot of ways, <laughs> but it's good. Um, uh, you- it's good to have someone that look towards and say like, that's my goal. That's what I'm like. Now you have. Yeah. That you have that image yeah, that's of what, what you can strive, can strive to. to be. The, the comparison I'll, I, I wanted to make initially before I dove into too much. Uh, the comparison I wanted to make was essentially I had read an article about a, a basketball player who was, was an incredible high school basketball player. And he led his team to a state title. He was the guy he could score, you know, one of 25 different ways at any given point. But he always had his go-to move. Like, if you need two points with three seconds left on the clock and you've got the ball, 
this is his move. No one has ever stopped this move. He's got it. No problem. And the uh, fast version of the story, he wins the state title, you know, making that move. And he joins a, a prestigious college program. You know, his team won state. He was the top player on his team. He's now, you know, division one college and he's showing up for practice and he's walking onto the team and you know, on the court with the team and, and thinks he's, he's pretty hot stuff. And he steps out and they start doing you know, some basic drills and they finally get to their first, you know, five on five scrimmage. And he's got a, a senior guarding him and the seniors is shutting him down. He's trying to dribble. He can't get around him. He can't move. He's had to pass the ball a couple of times and they keep getting it back to him and they, they want him to score. They need him to score. So he, you know, reaches in his back pocket and finds, you know, says, okay, it's time. It's time for the big move. This is the go-to move. This is my bread and butter. This has never failed me. Let's let's go get those two points right here, right now. Goes into his move. He makes his dribble move. He cuts. He goes up to shoot. And he he already it. knows the ball's going in the hole. He already knows. He's he he's it. mentally, yep, it's, it's going in. And about a quarter second later, the ball just went flying past him. Got absolutely stuffed. And that was his his moment of, oh, oh okay. Yeah, I can't do that stuff anymore. This is this is another level, and that was kind of my my same moment where I I was ready to to present. Here is who I am. I'm, I'm a great public speaker when I want to be, and I, I know the tools to succeed. And I'm ready I'm ready to take that next step. And the great white shark swam into my pond, and I'm just like, oh, that's what that looks like. Cool. I'll be I, over I, here I taking a, notes. I'll if I may, I'll, I'll I just got share a semi-similar experience, but I'll, I'll try to fast forward it a little quicker, is that when I was in the manufacturing plant, nothing against anybody there, like everybody there was a pleasure to work with. It's just that you were the, the, the people you're dealing with on a daily basis were, you know, just high school graduates, not a lot of college degrees or, uh, you know, even associates kind of degrees in the building in general as a, like a percentage of people that you dealt with. So it's kind of crazy going from that to the engineering firm where everybody has a bachelor's or master's in engineering. And it, it's kind of crazy to, it was kind of like a culture shock ish kind of thing where I go from being the smartest person in the room almost all the time uh, besides and smartest in the sense of also knowing that there's people in the room that have more experience than me, you know, that kind of thing. But, and then going into a room where not only they have more experience, that, you know, they're just as quick, if not quicker in some categories, you know, everybody's on a much higher level. And so that's, it's kind of crazy to go into that, those kind of situations where it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm used to being, you know, pretty good here. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh dang, this is, this is a new level of competition or, uh, you know, of people. It's very interesting. Yeah. That was uh, that was all I really had, though. Uh, Texas is a lot of fun, and I'll be headed back relatively shortly and trying to figure out this thing we call life with respect to uh, the job and learning how to be a great white shark someday. So, yeah. <laughs> with uh, I know one all thing right. that popped into my head quick, and I'll I'll try to be really quick is the hot cold thing uh, with Texas. But the third first thing that popped into my mind when I saw that you had that in like the show notes was there's something you can do with hot dogs. I guess you could do it with anything, but hot dogs is one of the easiest things is that you heat hot dogs and you have some from the freezer or even the fridge. And then you cut them into thin slices and you put them right next to each other. If you touch your arm to that, your arm feels immense pain, even though the hot isn't hot enough to burn you and the cold isn't cold enough to actually give you frostbite or anything. Having the hot, cold sensation on your nerves that close together just gives immense pain and it's a kind of interesting experience uh experiment you can run yourself at home is get a hot get some hot dogs you know chop them long way into thin slices and then go hot cold hot cold hot cold and then like touch your arm to it and you get just crazy feeling fun if i may how does one find this out i I think it was in a i was in a youtube video of some science thing i watched sometime Put it this way, when I was a kid, I loved Bill Nye the Science Guy, and my love for that kind of uh, information has not ceased. Uh, definitely still watch like how it's made, all that kind of stuff. So if it pops up in my YouTube feed and it looks fun like that, I'm going to watch it. 
I'm full of all sorts of useless information because of that kind of so, thing. So, yeah. So, to hop on quick to my life update, um, first off, Zari Bus News, there is a new This Week in Nature, even though I've become immensely popular in the last week or so, still was able to get it done. How'd you become um, popular? And why I'm popular is that we had a visitor uh, in Seattle, one of our... Actually, we've had a, few, a bunch of visitors, but my mom was in town for a business meeting, or actually a class she was teaching, and was able to spend some of the weekend with us, and it was a blast. It was just really Aww. nice having kind of a reminder from home. Um, it was like a little bit of Wisconsin came over to hang out with us, and that was pretty cool. But we went hiking, had some good food, spent some time in the hot tub, which really nice, honestly. They should just have like hot tubs come with regular houses. Right? House be a thing. Hot tubs for everybody. Honestly, that would be great. Um, that, we went for a good hike. I don't know. It was just really nice to have have visitor and, I don't know, had a good time. And it seems like we're going to have visitors this upcoming weekend, or so I've heard, which is much of exciting. Well, um, I sure hope so, because I've already spent the 300-some bucks for plane tickets for Julian and myself. So, two-thirds of the Zarbus crew are going to be united. Uh, the third one is not coming, I guess, but that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. Um, just hurts a little bit that <laughs> they'd rather go to... We already have flights for a different time. Yeah, I that's fair. That's you, I guess, coming make this happen. I'm looking at having to customize what or like change one of my flights because of work. I'm going to have to fly from Texas to Seattle. I All still right, have well, to work that kind of nonsense out. That's Google that's Flights cool. is awesome. That's what I like. Google Flights is pretty awesome. Like it's like Google Maps, but for flying. It's fan. It's great. Did it get you the best deal though? Yeah, it searches There's like so thirty different airlines, even the crappy ones. Oh, it's kind of fly is really confusing to me because. You never know what's a good deal and what's not and who's playing you and figuring out the timing. It's just, I don't know. It's it's always a pain. Something that I don't... I like flying like once I'm in the airplane, but everything up to that point is just kind of See, Brent, what you need is company trips. They're great because you basically just tell the travel agency, hey, I need to go here for business. I want to stay at a hotel in the area. And they do all the work for you. Business trips are where it's at for sure. And you don't have to pay for it. Business so, trips are fun. I'm checking out this Google Flights, and it's less expensive to fly to Denver than it is to go across the state of Washington to Spokane. Yeah, because the short flights, you're, you're doing a lot on takeoff landing. Crazy. That's crazy to me. All right. Well, I have one quick topic I want to hit before we go. Um, something I noticed is that like more and more there's these big like comp like video game competitions or whatever, and it's all focused on the computers these days. And is, are we seeing the beginning of the end for gaming consoles? Or yeah, it's hard because like, me. what are the main gaming consoles right now? You got the PS4, the Xbox One, and then I guess I don't even know Switch. if I count the Switch because the Switch is like. Nintendo was pretty genius with the Switch and they you know they just made a whole new thing. You know, it's it's in between your phone and a gaming console. But as far as gaming consoles go, I haven't touched my Xbox One in forever. Like weeks, months. A lot of games. I don't, I don't think I've played my Xbox One since I moved here. Well, and the other nuance to the use of the Xbox is I I just bought a smart TV. Like Everything I would use outside of the actual games on the Xbox, I would use the the apps. I would watch Netflix through my Xbox. Xbox. Yeah. Xbox. Xbox. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would watch TV through my Xbox. I would watch Netflix through my Xbox. I would use all the applications that are now on my actual TV, and I don't need to monkey with. Like there's, I'm taking out the middleman by just taking my Xbox out of the equation. So I I so agree with you. I inject this quick. It's now your X box as you have a new smart box to to run your TV. Huh? 
<laughs> X, <laughs> X, yeah, okay. I, I, I don't know if I should. Not worth the interruption, Matt. Oh, it, it, it was a valiant try. It had potential. It, it had potential. It was poorly delivered. I, I would have I, gone uh, with the X Xbox. X squared oh, box? Oh, uh, yeah. The X Xbox. It's your now X Xbox. Yeah, that's right. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Carry on. At any rate, yeah, I I haven't played my Xbox for quite some time either. Actually, I play Rocket League occasionally if I'm bored, but I'm I'm also just not a huge fan of how console style games have been rolled out recently. And maybe I'm not playing the right games, but I got real tired of the Call of Duties several years ago. Uh, those styles of shooters, I've just been bored to death with they're all the same they just change skins guns and the map you play on but ultimately um they were all the same you could pick up one or the other and within a few seconds you could be more than if you were if you were high level on one you could pick up the other one and within a couple an hour or two you're high level on that one as well exactly so i wasn't huge on those and then i was big on destiny when that came out but nothing turns me off faster to a game i found than having it be rolled out incomplete. This whole idea of DLC and needing to grind to play it forever, I just, it it turned me out. Because I, I, I played it with my roommate at the time. He and I would literally eat, sleep, work, and play Destiny. It was a great several months of my life. But <laughs> that's all we did. We, we we loved it. We enjoyed it. We spent all of our time, time grinding at it, trying to get better. And it's just how the game is set up. I, it, it, you hit a dead end. You, you beat the boss and you know there's other stuff and then you have to pay to get more content. Like that's, I understand as a finance and accounting guy, I, I, I get it. I understand the business model, but I just did not appreciate it. I did not like it. And then you would finally roll out the DLC and it would be just a small piece. Like even if you put in a new boss battle or something cool, you know, you all you do is change the skins, create a few new gun names that just do one or two different things, and I'm supposed to pay basically half the value of the game to continue. Like this, this makes no. I don't like that model. So uh, I haven't found a game on Xbox that's been worth playing. I checked out on Halo. I haven't seen that game in four versions of it. I don't know, but I yeah, Halo, I, Halo I'm in a similar the situation. Last good version of Halo. Yeah, the I, thing I've, puts- I've reached that place where there's just not a game I'm interested in. I would love to. Uh, there are several franchises I would I would still be. Borderlands, I, I really like that game. That was an interesting game. Every gun was unique. Uh, the whole story, I thought, was, was fairly solid and a lot you could do with it. But I don't know, man. The thing it's that gets me is that there's so many good games that you don't have to pay to play on a computer. That is like, the biggest thing, too. And sure. you can play it online with other people where I don't want to pay for an Xbox Live on top of paying for everything else. It's just another subscription thing where it's nice not to have to worry about that. If if I may, this is going to be a, a bit of a dark analogy, but apropos, if you will, um, the hotel I was staying in was a Hilton. And uh, through no venturing of my own disclaimer, when you turn on the TV, it, it doesn't have a channel on. It has a menu. And the menu says, like, uh, order movies, live TV, uh, menu. And then there's always, seemingly always, that late night section. And Where are we going? You, can pay, you can pay or, or, you know, buy these late night entertainment options okay I think I see hotel. Going and similar to how with video games i feel like the consoles provide these games and you're right they're probably a little better um because you're buying them they're going to be cleaner they're going to be more crisp however That's the like internet provides the the internet provides there are free games everywhere on the internet or, or even much much cheaper games if you still <laughs> oh. want to spend a little money um, the, the late night shows on the internet are, are, I presume as good, if not better than anything that the Hilton would supply. <laughs> I'd put the Xbox <laughs> in the same category where, yeah, these, these games are out there and, uh, you're paying, you know, good money for them and they may be polished, but 
um, they're limited in, in a lot of ways. And um, that's that's kind of the, the end of my analogy there. <laughs> I was uh, trying to not now now it is the free to play. Can you top that? Can you top that? I don't I don't think I have anything else that's going to possibly top that. No. Yeah, the only thing I could say there is like yeah, the free to plays on games in general have definitely exploded to the point where now like uh League of Legends, uh Dota 2, um uh Fortnite, Fortnite. is definitely the most popular right now. The the free to play used to dominate the computer and now it's gotten to the point where the business model is obviously there. People don't want to pay for stuff they'd rather give a couple bucks here and there that the microtransactions have gotten silly in a lot of categories and we could go off on a tangent there if we really wanted to but uh the the free to play games are now invading the councils more and more because that's exactly what people want they don't want to put pay more in microtransactions because they don't track it it. they'll pay more in microtransactions yeah, they're going to pay more in microtransactions because they're not tracking it than they will just buying a game in a lot of cases. And then you get certain people that buy everything, the whales, and it can be lucrative. It's a it's a solid model for a reason. Right. So, okay, mini closing segment here is uh, would you rather, uh, if, we, if we like the one, we could try doing more of these. Would you rather? All right. Well, the last. Wait, if I may, the okay. last. Would you rather was the mermaid one, and that All right. eh, All right. was okay. All right. Hopefully, if it's I may, better. If I may, that flopped. Ah, yeah, this is gonna be a great right. one. <laughs> it won't flop. Not like a fish. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Would you rather live in the wilderness, far from civilization, no electricity, power? You're 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 roughing it camping, uh, for the rest of your life, or Live on the streets of a city, but as a homeless person. Oh, easily the wilderness. I don't know. It's just one of those yeah, things. You're talking to a bunch of nature boys in that situation. So like, I don't know, because like the wilderness, though, you're, you're you're forced to. That's a rough life to live that. Definitely. There's a lot There's of no... psychology around um, providing for yourself and how much happiness that provides. I mean, yes, it's rough. You may die. Um, that's nature, but. Um, there was, oh, I'm going to try and sound more educated than I am. Like I usually do. I, I remember learning about a book, uh, that, or, or a situation. I don't remember if it was a book or not. I remember being told about it. There was a guy who, I think he wrote a book. He was living out, he chose to live out in the wilderness. He was, you know, perfect, normal, you know, functioning member of society, but he opted to kind of do the hermit thing, go out, live out in, in, in nature and, do it on his own. He, he was alone for years and years. And he basically commented that the, the providing for yourself, the going out every day, farming, cutting down wood, f- foraging, surviving was, was so fulfilling that you know, he was, he was far happier doing that than anything a city life had ever provided him. Um, which I'm sure it's a lot harder than than I'm imagining or I, I'm capable of even knowing, uh, depending on the tools that you have. But the idea of living in the city and being homeless to me sounds sounds horrible. Now, homeless has a lot of different definitions. Do you have a job? Are you do you have friends? Are, you're homeless. OK, are you on the street? Are you able to stay in shelters? There's a lot of questions you could ask, but. You know what's what's the draw of of the city as opposed to to nature? Safety, doctors. That um, I guess if you're if you never have any money, you really can't. I mean, everything's free, but <laughs> that's assuming you're you're willing to beg, you're willing to scrounge for what's around. And I mean, there are lots of stories of people who have taken advantage of of the generosity of certain communities and who certainly, you know, shouldn't be, you know, they pretend to be homeless or they even have homes and they still go begging. So there's a lot of situations like that, that they kind of prove it's okay. It's, it's manageable. It's doable. But um, if I may, I think, I think the idea was kind of like uh, around people in a city or out in the wilderness on your own. Like, I, I guess when I was saying that the wilderness would be a tough life, I guess I wasn't necessarily speaking about emotionally, but I think if you're on your own, I could see that being emotionally tolling Oh yeah, on on somebody, but I was referring more to like the physical aspect, having to you know find your own food and worrying about food. I like the fact of not having to worry about food, but I guess homeless in a city, you might have that same 
I guess I guess maybe that's the better scenario. You're stuck in the middle. It's just a concrete you're, you're jungle, baby. Nothing. Would you rather be in the middle of a city or the middle of the woods? I guess that's maybe if a better you question. In the woods. If you don't have the tools, you have nothing. This. You're dropped naked. Well, I guess we'll, we'll give you a shorts and a t-shirt in the middle of the woods or the middle of a city. Which would you rather get dropped into with absolutely nothing? Can I get I dropped this- in the city? And then beg for a little bit of money or find someone who's, because a lot of people don't like to give money, just say, can you get me an axe <laughs> and a knife? Which you wouldn't get home out to the woods. I think it's a good I think the nice thing about going into a city in this situation is that there's a lot of resources out there. Um, whether it's a shelter or you could go to, like the library has a lot of free resources to help get you on you your feet. You could find a drinking fountain um, somewhere and not die of thirst. You could get yourself... Much quicker Are you to your trying to get on your feet on your feet, quote unquote. What was that, Nick? Are you trying to get back on your feet? Oh, in right, this let's situation? say it's, it's you quote as unquote. you are right now, but you get dropped in the middle of somewhere with absolutely nothing. Uh, you're stranded somewhere. Would you rather be stranded in the woods with nothing or in the city with nothing? City, hey, can I borrow your cell phone real quick? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have a lot more resources in the yeah. city. Yeah, the resources to get back. connect to a regular life. But if you had to make a living out of being in the city and using their homeless shelters and begging versus um, making a living out in the woods, I think I'd choose the woods, assuming I can somehow fandangle tools out of stone or if I can get like an axe. I, I need one or two things, something to start fire and something to cut wood with. And I would make do in the woods, but otherwise the resources in the city are too plentiful in too many different ways. You'd be better off in the city. It'd be easier to, to get back to your normal standard in a city drive, oh, yeah. but it would be more enjoyable to live out in the woods. Probably what we've concluded. All right, well, that was episode 15 of If I May. Hope everybody enjoyed. If you did enjoy, uh, definitely try to support us by rate, review, and subscribing to the uh, show so you uh, get our notifications when uh, we upload a new one. That definitely helps us out. Uh, if you decide that you want to fit back us financially, we do have that available through the Anchor app or through the Anchor website. And then uh, if you want to get in contact with us, ask us any questions or uh Tell us about what you think about the show. Uh, definitely feel free to DM us on Twitter at Zarubust, Z-A-R-U-B-U-S-T. Uh, but besides that, we will catch you next week. See you.